HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program has been brought to you by Cane Vineyard and Winery, a Napa Valley winery committed to respecting the soil and dedicated to the creation of three Cabernet blends. For more information, visit Cane5.com. Hey, what's up? This is Jack Inslee, host of Full Service Radio. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this show, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. And welcome to A Taste of the Past. I'm your host, Linda Palaccio, here at HeritageRadioNetwork.org. And, you know, it used to be, not that many of you could remember, but I certainly can, you would go to buy a loaf of bread at uh, your local grocery store or bakery, and about the only thing you could find on the shelf would be a spongy, plastic-wrapped log of pre-sliced sandwich bread. And fortunately for us, a lot of that has changed. You could go into a lot of the, what we would call European bakeries or, or old school, old family bakeries, and you could find some, some old crusty loaves, not old crusty, but fresh crusty loaves. But it really was not very widely available. And fortunately for us, there has been a movement of artisan bakeries and artisan bread makers. And with me today is one of the pioneers of the artisan bread baking movement, Lionel Vatinet. And Lionel, welcome to the show. Good morning, Lindo. Uh, Lionel, actually, is, as I say, he was a, a pioneer of the, um, of the artisan bread baking world. And in fact, he was a founding instructor at San Francisco Baking Institute in the 90s, the first school that was devoted to bread baking. And um, and he himself did a lot of schooling to become a master baker. Lionel is a master baker of the French Guild, and I'll have him explain what that means. Uh, he's consulted for many of the best uh, bread bakeries in the U.S., and he has opened La Farm Bakery, which is where he is now in North Carolina, in Cary, North Carolina, correct? He's correct, yes. Correct. And it's been 15 years that he's been there. And Sever Magazine recognized it as one of the best bread bakeries in the U.S. And we might even say, well, we're not going to say in the world, but you know, there's another Lionel who was with us for a long time, who and, and <laughs> was the, a great Napoleon, who was, who was a fabulous baker as well. Um, Lionel, 
uh, what, what did I leave out? We will, we will fill in the gaps of, of your background as we go along because I want to know um, what does it take to become a French master baker? Uh, your life. Mm. <laughs> you started when? Uh, I was 16 years old. And uh, I'm still 17, so uh, <laughs> I'm not such a pioneer, as you say. But uh, we, um, I want, I don't want to start to be a bread baker, but you know, definitely, uh, as soon as you touch, you know, the dough and uh, you smell, you know, uh, the oven, you mm. you may be hooked up, and uh, you can become one for sure. Right. Um, so you had to apprentice. You had to to study with other master bakers, or I, I belong to a guild, Les Compagnons du Devoir. Is a Craftsman Guild, you know. Uh, is this one of the guilds like that started way back in the in like, the Middle Ages? It's currently even farther down, you know. And Temple mm. of Solomon been built, so a little bit older, you know. Uh, so um, with carpenter and stonemaker start the guild, and the bakers joined the guild in the 17th century. 17th century. Wow, that's that's a long time. It's right? a long time, yes, <laughs> right? Uh, and so when now when you you came to America, what what made you come to America to start baking here? Uh, well, it was a call from a gentleman in Washington D.C. twenty two years ago. Uh, need some help of uh, to produce more than to love, you know, at the time, and uh, <laughs> but in the, to get some to bring some good bread to Washington D.C. and uh, I came in, and for me it was a stop. Didn't know I was going to stay, and uh, he's been a 22-year stop. So, uh, well, we're happy to have you. Exactly. I must say, right? Um, you've seen, and 22 years ago, I mean, during that time, you have seen a tremendous growth oh. in in, <laughs> in the quality of America's bread, and in the well, specifically in the artisan bread movement. Uh, can you tell me a little bit about sure. that and what the roots that you see how it started? Uh, it was very sporadic, you know, uh, 22 years ago was already f- a few little bakery where, you know, uh, I say little, uh, not doesn't mean the size, but we're doing, you know, good quality bread, but uh, not uh, stream to everybody to know how to make good bread. So uh, it was starting and uh, it did take a ta- quite a bit of time, you know, to develop and uh, schooling. SFBI was one of them, you know, to help people to learn. Uh, how to work, how to make good bread, put it this way. So, mm-hmm. uh, so this was one, and uh, to do a lot of trade show and to, and we still educate a lot our customer, no matter what. Right. Well, I know um, I was reading your background, and I, I see that you were brought in as a consultant for a lot of well-known bakeries and restaurants around the country, and I think that that is certainly to your credit that you are recognized that they will call you to bring you in to say teach us how to make bread right. and what was the beauty of to, to have shared with them you know is for we were t- we are touching more consumers who can appreciate now uh, a crusty well fermented loaf of well fermented that's a big part of one of my next questions um but before i get there what when you started baking and trying to recreate those iconic French loaves. Uh, what were some of the challenges that you faced in uh, baking in America with our product? Um, definitely to have, you know, also uh, from, we start with flour. So uh, flour, you know, uh, 
we did have access only to a very big mill, you know, uh, and uh, also the flour was uh, bleached and uh, bromided, and mm -hmm. you know, so a lot of stuff we didn't want to have, you know, to be able we want to uh, to keep it to keep the flour as natural as it comes and uh, it should be, and so this was one of our biggest challenge. Yeah, to, uh, I guess. Well, uh, you indeed have gone on to um, reintroduce a lot of ancient grains and, and heirloom variety grains, and you're working with farmers. Uh, what types of grains are you using now in some of these special breads? So we, um, so our very excitement was, you know, to um, to be part, you know, in North Carolina, we have uh, uh, from the farmers, you know, to uh, uh, the millers and us how to use the flour, you know, uh, it's been a, a very fantastic marriage, something, you know, uh, I did experience in the past in France where we have much smaller mill who are constantly in contact with the bakers and to talk about, you know, uh, the milling and also uh, uh, the season, you know, and the grain himself, the what we are going to sow, to see that, you know, happening uh, this past uh, five to seven years, you know, in North Carolina and he started to, to go uh, abroad all over, you know, the country, you know, as a sustainable, but, you know, and to, um, to be able to, uh, to understand, you know, from the season, you know, to, uh, to the milling, you know, uh, what it's going to bring to the consumer at the end, you know, are going to be incredible. So, and the uh, effects that it's going to, to create in a loaf of bread, right? I mean, a, in a, yeah, exactly. Right. For I mean, I, those, anyone who bakes and, and kind of gets into it a little bit knows the difference between hard winter wheat and soft wheat and red wheat. And yeah. I, Not that I, I'm talking like I know, but I don't uh, really. <laughs> more than some of the form. <laughs> yeah. Um, and... Any other grains? Um, some of these, some like some of the ancient grains. I read that you were experimenting with spelt. Were you spelt and some uh, of the others? Definitely, you know. Uh, and right now, uh, we uh, just you know for these past thirty years, you know, where uh, we use you know uh, several of them farmers. You know, we are uh, is an hard you know uh, wheat. You know, and uh, is grown you know in the, in the winter wheat. Uh, so is what we've been working mainly, and uh, we continue to uh, explore you know, some some mm -hmm. other you know with rye, and uh, uh, we talk about kamut also, and uh, some Comet, right. some other one you know uh, uh, coming along. So, uh, but it takes you know some a season to grow. It takes you know uh, we also uh, the importance of uh, the mill Carolina ground is stone ground, so also is a big plus. You know, uh, it's stone ground. Wow. Stone so, ground. did where did you find a, a mill big? Stone mill. So uh, her name is Jennifer Lapilus, who find it, and uh, she went for an uh, Austrian mill. You know, she find you know. Uh, I don't remember the whole story about it, you know, but. Uh, and she brought it back to the U.S. And she brought it to the U.S. You know, wow. and uh, were able, you know, to uh, to put this, you know, in place, and uh, we uh, we have a lot of fun, and uh, it come out, you know, the results are incredible. Yeah, and there's I know a lot of people are trying to. Um, well, not trying to. They do. They grind their own flour and the, and the grains in like tabletop countertop mills, oh, and that that does that's not easy. Uh, and yeah, I'm sure you get a much different product uh, on a tabletop mill than you would on a large stone. Indeed, you know the plus, you know uh, the, the stone, you know grinding, you know you get everything of the grain is no so much, you know uh, um, extraction, you know so where you know the other mill you extract. Uh, the, the germ and uh, mm -hmm. the endosperm and so on and so forth. So, uh, with you know, um, 
or for the people who do this at home, uh, they are going to need. It's going to be a difference when as if they make bread right away, or if, if they wait, you know, to using it, you know, and uh, they add a level of uh, another level of expertise, you know. Uh, so uh, it's already uh, it was simple with four ingredients, but now when you grind up, you know, as you go or you let you know your flour uh, relax, you know, you are going to get uh, different. Uh, water absorption and fermentation time, so on and so forth. Well, that was a question that I, that I had, which now you've partially answered. Do these um, freshly milled flours have to be treated differently, or the, even some of the old grains, do they have to be treated differently to produce a loaf of bread or to bake with? And, and, and it, you know, it, it starts with uh, what was the weather, you know, to how it grown until the harvesting of the, of the grain, you know, are going to uh, play a big role, you know, how we are going to be able to use it and uh, until we uh, we use, you know, the first time, we don't know what we're going to get. So um, it's going to be after uh, at least uh, one trial or two, you know, to see what type of adjustment we have to make, you know, uh, with the water, you know, uh, hydration, uh, hydration, hydration and uh, fermentation time. So uh, yeah. so we have we are lucky. We are the last uh, stage, you know, where we can make a change to make, you know, the the love delicious. Well, you mentioned that uh, the freshly milled flour had to rest or relax for a while, and, um, and that's that's it, interesting. Something that might, people might not know at home if they're you know they have their countertop mill and they maybe try to grind it and bake with it right away. And you you can, but you you are going to also end up with some a little bit den- more dense denser. You know, uh, you uh, when you grind, you know, you stressed. You know, so. Uh, uh, the, and the result of the flour, you know, so let him, you know, a little bit of rest, you know, mm-hmm. be, can be helpful. And what about soaking the grains? I have heard that some of the older grains really needed to be soaked first. When you, as when it's an add-on, you know, it can be a, a germinate for, for, to get some germination to it, you know, or to soften the grain, or it can be it can be too crunchy, you know, or too uh, too hard, you know, for the the mash, you mm-hmm. know, of, of your bread. So you want to soak them, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely. Yeah. Well, I was uh, I had the the pleasure of reading through your book, and and that I want to mention to our listeners. The book is called A Passion for Bread: Lessons from a Master Baker, and you have a wonderful. Um, I'm going to say before we get right into the recipes of, of the book, you ha- you give a wonderful explanation of the processes and what really goes into setting up your your dough for making a bread and you have referred to fermentation often and we all know that you need leavening agents for bread tell me about some of the different leavening agents and and with t- and how that affects the bread and the the taste so uh, the essence of baking is is fermentation um, so uh, and these four ingredients one of them are yeast natural or uh, commercial and uh, you can uh, have different hues and how long. Uh, if it's natural, it's going to be more some acidity coming with that, you know. Uh, so and chewiness also at the end, you know, when it's been uh, uh, the chrome is developed. Now with commercial yeast, you can uh, develop uh, a poolish, for example. A poolish. I saw that word used. I'm going poolish. Is there a typo here? What <laughs> What is a poolish? It was probably start was by Poland, you know. Uh, Polish, but Polish, they, yeah. you know, and uh, so yeah, you end up to be poolish. And uh, it's a very liquid uh, uh, fermentation, you know, it's like and, a slurry, uh, sort of like a. a is correct. Yeah. It's going to give you uh, some uh, nutty taste, you know, hmm. at the uh, at the end product. 
So this, you know, can uh, is quite incredible. How does, but and now because I read the pool about the Polish and that you do allow it to ferment just a little bit, right? Uh, a minimum, yeah, it can be. A, it's a minimum of a, is eight to twelve hours. Because you know? um, I was wondering, how, well, how does that different from uh, a sourdough starter? Because the Polish are made with commercial yeast to ah, start with, okay. and sourdough are, you know, the yeast, you know, you. You have a culture and you feed on with flour and water. Mm-hmm. And are you not experimenting with some beer breads? Yeah, yes, exactly. Yeah? We do. You know, uh, uh, getting ready for uh, October first for us. You know, also is a our fifteenth uh, anniversary. You know, bread. You know, is the same month. So um, we uh, been experiencing. You know, with some uh, local beer. You know, uh, the d- most difficult part was to get the taste of the beer through the bread you know so this was a little bit challenging you know mm. but uh, we succeed with some stout beer you know and uh, well if you use beer do you have to use yeast in addition or is it just the fermentation of the that's natural for, in, that's in the beer that you use we use you know uh, the three from the beer natural and commercial mm-hmm. so uh, but it's still a very long uh, fermentation because uh, uh, those stout, you know, uh, beer uh, have tendency to be pretty high in alcohol, so you need to uh, to balance a little bit. Yes. All right. Well, I have a lot of more questions about ovens and types of breads, but we have to take a short break. So stay tuned because we're going to talk more about a passion for bread when we come back with Lionel Vatine. <laughs> listening to Wood Brass and Steel Band. Long live music. This is Chris Howell from Cane Vineyard and Winery, calling in from Spring Mountain above the Napa Valley. Thank you for listening to this show. In our industrial world of highly processed food and wine, we support the values of Heritage Radio Network. All of us at Cane encourage you to seek out individuality and beauty in everything you eat and drink. To learn more about us, go to Cane5.com. Hi, and we are back with Lionel Vatinet here on A Taste of the Past, and his book is A Passion for Bread, Lessons from a Master Baker. And Lionel, you, you kind of glossed over all of your time in the Guild, and I have, during the break, learned that it is a seven-year apprenticeship, or working with all the different master bakers, and 
and it's not just you know you just don't enter and, and study, but seven years you have yeah, to f- stay uh, with them, right? F- five to five to ten, you know. Five to ten. I was not the slowest or the fastest. But, ah, you know. Okay, <laughs> but you did say it was the best time of your life. Right? Indeed, you know, it was. Uh, mm-hmm. You are sixteen years old or sixteen to twenty, and uh, you travel France or Europe, and now the world is open to the world. So uh, you are uh, you live in community. You learn, you know, your trade and. Um, the camaraderie are incredible and uh, they also uh, bring to you some uh, spirituality you know in this Mm. community life in uh, you know uh, incredible well if you think of the history of bread there's a tremendous amount of spirituality involved in the staff of life i mean it it really and so i guess that seven or five to ten year period separates the wheat from the shaft if you will excuse my <laughs> my analogy with the wheat but indeed i mean you truly then you know the ones who have a passion for it stick around right yeah indeed yes you know the um, selection is a uh, or the drop out you know is pretty high too so uh, yeah you want to stick you know around you know uh, you need to be dedicated and passionate and uh, mm. And the mo- one of the most important is to you want to share, you know, your knowledge to the youngest. So uh, it's what well, I continue to do. And that's something that I I really want to um, to talk about. And that is that your teaching you you feel that that's you're really a a teacher, and, right? And that is my call, really. You know, I to think you know uh, to be a teacher and to to share. You know, I think you know every culinarian should share what they know. They, you cannot feel like you have a secret, you know. In you need to be uh, brought up, and after that, you hope people are going to make their own uh, interpretation, and uh, to be successful with the basic at least. All right. Well, you have brought with you um, a few loaves that you bake. Unfortunately, you just flew in from North Carolina to New York, and bread doesn't always travel all that well. But it looks pretty good to me. Tell me a little bit about the baking process. Do you? Uh, what types of ovens do you have at your bakery, and what, how do you, what do you use, or so oven? Uh, we've been in business for 15 years in Kerry, and uh, we uh, last May was a big change for us. We switched oven, so uh, a bakery with no no bread oven was for eight days, which was a bit challenging yeah. for sure. But so we we switched an uh, old French for a young German. You know, uh, it's a just it's a joke, you know, but uh, it's a uh, uh, technology is, you know, is stone uh, on the bottom is a steam injection, uh, well built, so uh, create, you know, the steam you're looking for. And, uh, and what is the source of heat? Is gas. Is gas. Is gas, correct. Okay. So uh, uh, is a six decks, you know, and uh, we can so we can we can produce with a uh, ultimum quality we're looking for, you know, for uh, uh, the spring of the loaf and the crust, you know, are going to come out, you know, and uh, so. Uh, and they make so much progress, you know, with the technology also, so this can be helpful, you know. Uh, Even heat. And <laughs> exactly, exactly, <laughs> right. as much as I mean, that's, I, that's one thing that I, I will never quite understand is, you know, is baking a loaf of bread in a wood-fired oven when your heat is, you know, I mean, I see you brush your coals away, right? But keeping uh, that heat even must be a real trick. The tricky part is to, you need, like, you need to, you are in sync with your oven, meaning, you know, what type of dough you're going to start with because it's very hot and how you go down is when come you know the rounder bigger you know slower 
cooking desire. So mm. uh, is what you're looking for. Yes, well, like, another art, you know, in baking. Right. You should have for sure. Well, like anyone, they have to know the hot spots of your oven, right? Indeed, yep. Yep. Yeah, correct. Which yes. is hot, which is cold. You have some fabulous recipes in the book as well. What you know? What I, what um, intrigued me, and I I didn't expect it at all, were a lot of the stuffed breads. Is that something that's traditionally French? Not at all, but oh, I uh, uh, my. Uh, my better half, you know, uh, <laughs> my wife, who are also understanding what the consumer want, and uh, we are, you know, uh, as an American, you know, you need also to to adapt to what the people want, you know, and uh, they are definitely uh, love, you know, to have uh, not just plain but with something in. So uh, when you announce a product, you better find. So well, the best way was to stuff, you know, some baguette, you know, with. Uh, several local product and such so no so. it all looks wonderful to me and as through these loaves of bread um today you have the just the one bakery the large bakery however today we have a one you bakery. know artisanal uh-huh. bakery yes yeah mm-hmm. uh on average how many loaves of bread do you produce a day we probably produce a, a thousand loaves a day wow you know but still you know uh Ends on, you know, still we come, you know, we come at midnight, you know, to start our shift, you know, uh, when you're sleeping, we're baking, and uh, uh, when you arrive, you know, uh, as early as seven, you have some uh, smell and a fresh loaf of bread, you know, coming out of the oven, and uh, it was, you know, uh, with different type of fermentation, mm. but uh, we uh, still make it, you know, fresh every day. I pity the people who live nearby having to put up with those smells. It keeps them up all night, I'm sure, waiting, yeah. right? Indeed. <laughs> Right. Um, what are is there anything that you have uh, planned in your near future for dealing with bread in the U.S.? Uh, I continue to do the the work, you know, with the farmer and uh, uh, develop even a more um, relationship with you know what we can grow in our surrounding and uh, what can be meal and what can be brought up to the consumer as a, a good uh, base of nutrition, you know, and. Uh, so it's what we continue to do, you know, and, uh, and continue for me to teach, you know, really uh, 15 years ago, uh, I started to teach more home bakers. That is why this, the book Passion for Bread came out just to, uh, so people can enjoy to make their own loaf of bread at home. You know, and that just reminded me of, of, of something I saw in the book. I, indeed, you know, that a, a tip and a trick for a home baker. Um, a lot of people know about La Cloche method of baking breads in those, you know, the, in the stoneware with the lids on them, and they run out and buy all this expensive equipment. But you have in there a tip for using a stainless steel bowl. Can you tell me about that? Sure. You know, so the same one you should use to bring all your ingredients. You know, you're going to use it uh, later to uh, to put, you know, above uh, your stone if you have one or. St- like a pizza uh, stone, or pizza whatever, stone, yeah. or steel plate, you know, and uh, uh, and you, as soon you know, you have score and uh, slide your your loaf of bread in your oven. You need to cover it up right away with your uh, with a stainless steel bowl, and ten minutes later, pull out and uh, finish baking. So, all right. So now you have to tell our listeners why do you need to cover it with the stainless steel or uh, no, the the cloche to, or the, to or the create steel to create steam, steam. Okay. and steam are going to slow down your. Uh, baking process uh, and your, your caramelization. So you're telling me the method of taking a bottle of spray water and spraying my pizza stone while the bread's baking isn't good enough? Is that not working? Uh, it can be, you know, uh, damaging your oven, you know, yeah. and uh, so uh, on the long run, 
these are the probably the easiest, you know, the most efficient way to create steam, you know, uh, on your loaf of bread. Yeah, it seemed like such a reasonable thing to do. Just take the same stainless steel. I went, whoa, you know, a light went off. I said, well, I said, why didn't I think of that? Because I'm not a master baker. That's why I didn't think of it. Well, that's excellent. Um, what um, what has been probably the most popular bread at your bakery? The one, you know, you see on the picture of the book is, uh, we call it La Farme. La Farme, a country loaf. Country yeah. loaf, you yeah. know, is a, a signature bread, you know, is something I develop as a masterpiece also uh, when I finish a guild. And, uh, and it was a lot of uh, meaning, you know, for, uh, it's a big loaf you can share, you know, you can, uh, uh, family members was much more than we have right now, so uh, the in the household, they were making a big loaf of bread. So I have a lot of, you know, it's from the farm to table to uh, everything, you know, is connected to this loaf of bread over there. You know, I think you should make some, well, you do, because I see one sitting in front of me, a nice loaf. But, um, you know, some of those dense loaves, because, you know, in, in the ancient times, in ancient Rome, through the medieval times, they, you know, just used the, the bottom half of that. Well, it was a flat loaf because they didn't have the leavening mm. as a trencher, and that's what they served the food on. Oh, can you imagine a nice, juicy lamb stew being served on a nice round of crusty bread? And that was your when you finished the the lamb, you eat the bread and exactly, what, or you or gave it to the poor, right? <laughs> if you were full, right? Yes, it what does. A, what a wonderful idea! And the bread looks perfect for breaking into with your hands and just enjoying and you mentioned health issues and you know there's so much of this um the craze of gluten-free diets and low-carb diets going on and and certain people i and i do you know understand they have a problem with gluten they can't eat it but um but for those who are just avoiding bread let's say for a low-carb diet bread if it's made with good grain there are a lot of health benefits right it's good for you yes you know uh Back in the history, you know, uh, war or revolution started because there was no bread on the table. Now we um, talk about, you know, those type of diet. Maybe we need to look at, you know, where it's come from. Maybe the how it's been milled, how it's been, you know, uh, which grain is been used. Because uh, you can live on bread, you know, and uh, if it's anything else, you know, people can make it also and uh, continue to uh, to have a level of uh, uh, nutrition to to live on. So, right. uh, right. is uh, I think it's important. We, as you earlier, you ask, you know, I say we're still educating not just about the crust, about you know long fermentation, but you know also what you know flour you know we've been using and uh, how good is for you, you know. And uh, making bread is four ingredients: flour, water, salt, and uh, yeast. So um, we better uh, let know people what we do. <laughs> what about long? Is what's the difference between? The long, explain the longer fermentation and the quick fermentation, and such as like um, sourdough breads. And so, uh, I say to people, if you smell or taste yeast when you eat a bread, maybe you need to change, you know, providers or your recipe. Now, uh, uh, commercial yeast, you know, is a five, you know, to ten hour process. Put it this way, you know, you can get, you know. A, a loaf of bread, so it's going to make it uh, uh, crispy, uh, not as chewy inside, you know, so, uh, and compared to a sourdough where you, where you have a feeding process, you know, you feed the yeast, you know, and eight hours later, you can, using it to make leaven your bread, and uh, eight hours or 24 hours later, you can bake your bread. So uh, this is a sourdough. This is what, you know, a natural leaven is. Mm. Mm-hmm. And you can develop different, you know, uh, 
acidity, lactic or very acetic, and uh, it's up to the baker to choose, you know, what uh, what they want to make. Yeah, I can smell it baking already, right? And, and it looks wonderful, and I'm sure it tastes wonderful. I have not cracked into it. But I thank you so much for sharing you. your knowledge with us on the radio. And if anyone's out in Cary, North Carolina, I urge you to visit La Farm Bakery. And it's Lionel Vatinet. The name of the book is A Passion for Bread, Lessons from a Master Baker. And thank you so much, Lionel. Thank you, Lindo. This has been A Taste of the Past, and I'm your host, Linda Palaccio. Thanks for listening to this program on heritageradionetwork.org. You can find all of our archive programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can email us questions anytime at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a 501c3 nonprofit. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening. <laughs>